his contract with I forget which studio owns uh, Mission Impossible. He is not allowed to. Sh- bad robot. Not bad robot. Uh, he is not allowed. To- Paramount. I think it's, a, it's probably Universal. It's Paramount. It's Paramount. Okay. He. No, actually, no, no, no. Sorry. <laughs> Keep interrupting. <laughs> oh you. my god. It's uh, it's Alibaba. <laughs> oh, shut up. The Two OC, the show that covers the things we love from two parts of the world: Orange County, California. Orange County, Florida. Welcome to episode 13. This episode, Oh no, not 13. This episode of the TLC, we talk about MTV News, you hear first, Skynet can now have weaponized robots, and we tell you the best beach to visit before summer ends. I'm Alan Flores. And I'm Anton Duong. All right, Anton, where are we starting off this week? So last week, I got a chance to visit one of the best beaches in America right now. It is rated as the number one beach in the USA. In America? USA. America. Is that, does anybody call it USA? Uh, I think that was more of an early 2000s thing. That was like the old, oh, okay. that, was, that was the old America. Marka. Okay, that's cool. So anyways, I checked it out. It is one of the coolest beaches. Very easy to access. And I think it's a very, very chill beach. However, I went during the time when there was too much wind. And I think storms were coming in. But I got there at the right time, early in the morning. Wasn't that busy. Until probably like uh, around 1 or 2 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, people start coming in but it rained for probably about five minutes and everybody's like rushing to leave because i thought that it was gonna rain all day so after about the five minute mark we looked around the beach was pretty much stranded that's good to have a private little beach to yourself yeah so we had the beach to ourselves and the water's pretty nice it's actually really warm the sand is uh pretty white it's it's not it's more of like a beige white sand. So where's and it's very fine. Where's the beach or where's it by? Uh, it's on the Gulf side of Florida and it's towards the Tampa side actually. But from Tampa, you have to head south probably about an hour and a half to get to Siesta Beach. Hmm. All right. Oh, is this the GoPro footage you showed me? Yeah, uh, those are some of the pictures that you get to see uh, that I posted up. And I think this is a very nice beach, very chill for anybody to come and uh, visit. And hopefully, even though it says it's the number one beach in America, I hope that, that you know, people are not going to go crazy with this beach and all come at once, you know, during next summer or something like that. No, secret's out. Yeah, I know the secret's out. Uh, no, but uh, about the footage you, you showed... The- that stuff looked almost exactly like a GoPro commercial. Like, that is what they want the GoPro to be used for. Yeah, surprisingly, uh, the lenses on the GoPros are uh, Zeiss uh-huh. lenses from Sony. So you get a really, really crisp picture, and everybody loves the Zeiss uh, lenses. Zeiss the best. Yeah, Zeiss the best. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the beaches in Florida, I've been to many of them. But I think this is by far the most easy, chill, laid back. You can bring umbrellas and then there's not a whole lot of commercialized resorts mm-hmm. okay. on the on the beach area. So, so I mean there's So that should go ahead. that should kick back some of the, the tourists. Yeah, and there's a lot more local businesses and local resorts. Like passing by down the street before we got to the beach, we would see like, you know, small resort companies you know, that own uh, separate uh, lands. And it seems like it's more of like a, I don't think it's a timeshare because there's so many small companies here. Yeah. I think it's more of like Airbnb style. Okay. So like property management companies. Yeah. Like bed and breakfast. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. But other than that, the the showers are very clean. The restrooms are super clean. I, I'd say it's very Huntington Beach-ish, but 
besides all of the trash and everything that's laid out everywhere. <laughs> okay, how's the water? Because on the video show, it looked very clean. Yeah, it, it's very clear on days that are very clear skies. The only reason why is because of the reflection of the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it get it tends to be more blue uh, when it gets the reflection of the sky. So it just depends on the time of day? Yeah. When I went, it was more of like a greenish teal color. And because there was so much winds, there was a lot of waves. So it was washing up a lot of the the sand at the very bottom of, of the water. So even though it was turquoise, there was a, it's not as clear as it should be regularly on regular days. Hmm, not bad. Yeah. And I don't know if you can do a quick Google search, but you can see some of the pictures of Siesta Beach. You can see like the crystal water that's really nice. You can really look at your toes from the very top of the water. Yeah, I'll, I'll post some of these images on, on our social media. Yeah, so if you ever come down to Florida anywhere, you got to stop by Siesta Beach if you're you're nearby. Other than that, I think most of the beaches in Florida are very nice. I've been to Fort Lauderdale beaches, uh, Miami beaches. The only thing about Miami Beach is that it's too it's too touristy. Uh, There's too much people there. Yeah, well, okay. I will say like the image I've seen from just the different beaches in Florida, it seems like the ones that are closer to the Gulf are the more clear water, that kind of image. It's very calm. Like it, it, it's the waves aren't that high. I mean, the yeah. the most that you probably get on the Gulf side is probably four to five feet maximum. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I think it's because of the water so calm that the the water doesn't get mixed as much, so that's why you get clearer yeah. water. Yeah, there there were times where when I went to one of the beaches on the Gulf side, which is clear water. Mm-hmm. It's a very nice beach too. It, I think it was one of the top five also on the list of beaches in USA. During the time when I visited last year, it was so calm with the water that I don't think anybody could surf, <laughs> really. Well, no, all the pictures show flatness. Oh, time out. Yeah. How's the sand? Because there's a picture... Of a girl that made a snowman out of the sand. Oh, the sand is nice, dude. I, it, it, because it's so fine, it's really easy to um, form stuff with. But if it's dry, like if you if if there's not a lot of water in it, then you can build like snowmans or sandcastles and everything like that. But when there's too much wa- uh, of the seawater or anything in the sand, it just melts. Okay, so it actually needs to be dry for it to be like malleable yeah so if, if you're sitting in this uh, in the sand you're gonna have to be you know more uh on the 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 dry end instead of the the wet end that's cool yeah i was just seeing some mm-hmm. of these pictures all right anton let's move over Wait. to what what S- since i'm already talking about the number one beach in the usa uh have you ever heard of uh the new show that's filmed here? No, but there's a lot of... I'm assuming if it's filmed in Florida, it's filmed on a beach. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a show called Siesta Beach, which is also uh, filmed here on this beach. And MTV's kind of trying to do a revival of their reality TV shows about like different uh, beaches and shores. So, for example, Jersey Shores, uh, one of the shows that they did, and also Laguna Beach. I was never a fan of those shows, but I don't know. Uh, reality shows in general don't appeal to me, so maybe that's why. Yeah, same here. I, I mean, I watched a couple of episodes, but I, I know that you know my fiance really likes The Hills when she was watching it during that time. And, you know, Jersey, Jersey Shore, not too much, but, you know. I, I think it's because it's so obvious that the drama is... Scripted. Yeah, it's scripted by the producer. Or not not scripted, but it, it's antagonized by the producer. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay, all right, we're going to uh, hold the shot right here. All right, um, I think it's more intense if you were guys were, like, you know, fighting about this guy over like, here. you called her a bitch, but I didn't really think that you thought she was a bitch. Can you rephrase that again? Yeah, I think that's how, how they usually do it, huh? We can't really see the behind the scenes, but that sounds like what's happening on screen no and there's also a lot of editing too mm-hmm. there was a guy from the people from like the bachelor bachelorette mm-hmm. they get put into like a new reality show like second chance i forgot what it was oh yeah yeah i'm uh, yeah i know that yeah and i guess like one of the guys that, that last season or something during the trailer 
he he was like the bad guy, the the villain, the, the guy everybody hated, or the guy that's always trying to screw somebody else over. Mm-hmm. And the, the, when they're interviewing him, he's like, "Yeah, like that's that's all editing." Like he's all, "I was chill." Like it, he would get kind of poked and prodded to like, "Hey, are you gonna are you gonna let him say that about you?" Mm-hmm. Or they would edit it to say say it was like something happened over the course of a day. Mm-hmm. They would show the stuff happening in the morning. And then they would cut to him at night, already pissed off, because I guess during the day there was other stuff that happened. Oh, yeah. But the, I remember someone talking about that online. Yeah, but, like, the viewer would just see, you know, one scene, he's nothing's everything's fine. Next scene, he's pissed off and trying to screw somebody over. <laughs> the power of editing. It really is. <laughs> um, and that's, yeah. yeah, and that's one thing he pointed out, saying, like, dude, like, I didn't know they were doing that. Like, the, like he, didn't mm-hmm. see the, he didn't see the final edits until the show was already over. Yeah, that's crazy. That sucks, though. So... <laughs> Yeah, I know. So they had this premiere of the show uh, a couple days ago. I think four days ago. I think it was on a Sunday when it uh, premiered, and they they had pretty good. They had a pretty good start for um, ratings, Mm -hmm. but uh, for people that you know watch all of their other shows so far that commented, they didn't really like it as much because it's more awkward than all of the other shows that's been around. Uh, there is a controversy going on right now where uh, one of the kids in the show, he was on a boat and his friend was hooking a shark and they were basically dragging the dead. Uh, the, the shark's still alive yeah. and they're dragging the shark in the back of the boat. Like the, like the, and, like the boat's towing it or what? Yeah, the boat's towing it. Like they, they're, they speed up the boat, and you see in the back the sharks like trying to, you know, it's thrashing. Yeah, thrashing, and uh, animal conservations and all these other people aren't too happy about it right now. So they're backlashing, and they had a uh, viewing party mm-hmm. on Sunday for the premiere of the show. I guess they canceled it because of all the pe- all of the people online, especially Reddit, is threatening these people. That, you know, they shouldn't have the event or else, you know, people are to come by and do some damage. Well, not just that, but if, if, if the Internet already had that kind of reaction to the story, mm-hmm. there's bound to be some people at the premiere party that or the watch party that's going to feel the same way. And you don't you yeah. don't want that kind of PR around a, an event you're hosting. Exactly. So that's another reason they kind of like, well, I don't I don't think it's the people who read it that they're concerned about. I think it's the people that are actually there. And they're seeing the people on the internet's reaction as a warning sign to be careful. Mm-hmm. You know, other than that, I, I I don't really know much about the show. I haven't really even watched it, but it's just interesting that they're trying to do more beaches. I don't. Know, I, I think it's probably people attracted to kids in bathing suits. Oh, you mean hot chicks and dudes with hot bodies? Yeah, no, that's I don't, I don't understand why somebody would like a show like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, but, so but of course it would have to be mtv that does this kind of thing though because it's 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 been it, this has been their mo since i was a kid their summer yeah, days the real world uh, i remember that show that, that was actually a decent show you know no but just and so, I, I guess they go ahead i was like just like the beach theme Not, either mm-hmm. either beach on the ocean or beach like in, in a lake or whatever that's always been their their strategy pretty much that that's that's just their formula for a lot of youngsters to watch their their television show. A lot of youngsters. But who watches TV anymore? <laughs> a lot of youngsters. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, then again, we're speaking for people our age that you know have the money for streaming. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's still people out there that watch that watch regular TV. Yeah, like uh, soap operas and stuff. Soap operas. Or set, or morning uh, cartoons. Well, not just that, but like my brother, he watches sports. <laughs> Mm-hmm. like that stuff you can't you can't you can't get on netflix no of course yeah. not you can stream on your device you can stream it but you're paying separate for that though yeah of course even well some some tv providers are making package deals but overall you're paying separately and since we're already talking about mtv did you hear that trl is coming back i did and um i heard it was gonna come back as a youtube thing am i wrong uh kind of because they're 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 using a lot of the youtube stars like Amy Pham, who's a makeup artist, and also she's a DJ on the side. Mm. And I'm I'm happy that they're they're bringing some uh, uh, some Vietnamese people onto this because I mean <laughs> I, I think I think that's a that's a really cool thing to have, you know. 
Uh, you don't see much of that back in the days, and you see a lot more Asian and intercultural uh, people in in on MTV. I remember Sushin Park. I don't know. If you remember Sushin Park? No. She was one of the hosts on MTV. Uh, she did a lot of the TRL stuff back in the days, and then she moved on to MTV News. But uh, I think she was a pretty good uh, image for a lot of the Asian. Uh, people on screen well you know so anyways i mean, I mean being ahead. raised in orange county i think my perception's kind of skewered but asians know how to party like oh they, yeah <laughs> like the asians are slowly starting to shed their innocent Flavor. or like uh, what's it called nerdy stereotype and showing their party side because there's there's more people like that i know that are partying right now that are asian than mexican well maybe not mexican mexican and asian so, probably so, on par with partying so what are you trying to say we're we're, we're we know how to party uh no, not that you know how to party, it's that you do party. <laughs> okay. Get it straight. Yeah. Anyways, they ha- they also have Lisa Koshi, who's a YouTube star. Also, she I think she started last year on YouTube, and then out of nowhere, people just enjoyed watching a lot of her silly stuff. And even she said herself on one of the uh, clips online that I saw a while ago that she's really weird. And she doesn't understand why people are watching her, but she's doing it anyways because she likes what it. What does she do, or what's her what's her YouTube cha- YouTube channel about? Uh, it's basically just her doing impressions and just doing like small. Cl- I think she did Vine clips a while ago. Oh, she, if I can remember correctly, she was one of those Vine stars that was forced to retire. Yeah, and I guess she moved on to YouTube to be a bigger platform because Vine pretty much disappeared well yeah they got shut down yeah due to lack of monetization yeah so anyways i think that's pretty cool that they're they're doing that and i i think they're premiering on october 2nd of this year and they're not doing it in the same studio that they have before oh Times square so yeah they're they're doing it in Times square but it's not the same location Mm. it's probably going to be like somewhere in the prime time also okay do you really think this is going to work? Or what do you think is the, they're doing different that would make this work in our in our time now? See, I'm, see, I'm going to throw the Korean uh, pop stuff into the mix because K-pop in Korea is so insane right now. It, it hit the world by storm and it's so popular that in Korea, I, I really, all these... I really don't get that. <laughs> I really don't, and I know that's your thing. It's really good. I've been listening to K-pop for a very long time. Like back in 1998, I started getting into it, like hardcore. Like it felt like I was living in another life that no one knew about. Oh, I knew about it. I rolled my, I yeah. rolled my eyes about it. <laughs> yeah, but it was a, a really cool time because. Uh, the the music was on the rise. Like they they were doing something that was different. Uh, the cool thing about K I don't know why I'm talking about K-pop, but K-pop <laughs> is really cool during that time because they were influenced by the Western culture of music. Whatever we were doing, we had hip hop, we had R and B, we had dance music, we had you know slow songs and poppy songs, and they were influencing a lot of that to their music back in the Mm -hmm. days i thought that was really interesting because they made some of the songs sound better with their take on it because the koreans they they love classical music they love playing instruments so they had a lot of their kids play instruments a lot of the, the the musicians in korea they would always influence like melodies and stuff like that to their music and i think the coolest thing that they do to make their music stand out is they hire people to write music for them from the U.S. So, you know, all those producers that we have here, mm-hmm. they would buy beats from those people. Not, bu- so, not by Dre? <laughs> not by Dre. Uh. But people like Dre. Like uh, Diplo, um, Usher. And the interesting thing is there was a couple of artists from korea that wrote for american artists too like uh jyp which is a very famous artist in korea wrote a couple of things for usher which nobody really knew about unless you really dig into it well okay so Uh, this is just reminding me of the boy band craze in the late 90s 
Mm-hmm. And this is why it's kind of hard for me to judge the K-pop thing. I think it's just a reiteration of the late 90s where it's a, it's a very specific mix of different stereotypes of whatever theme you're going for mm-hmm. with, you know, choreography, catchy songs, not necessarily them being the writers or the creators of the songs. Yeah. They're, they're and... performers, not artists. Exactly. And I'm going to throw Motown into the mix, too. You shut your mouth. And the reason... <laughs> because, you know, uh, during that time of Motown, people usually go to these clubs to watch people, amazing voices, amazing dancers, amazing uh, musicians in the background playing instruments. So it gives you a reason to go to these clubs to watch something that you don't get to watch anywhere else and you get to experience it live. So what I'm trying to get to with the K-pop thing is they have a lot of variety shows over there. Like especially each TV station would have their own stage show. And these K-pop stars, groups, and solo artists would travel all over to different TV stations to promote their music. And at the same time, put on an amazing show. Mm -hmm. People would buy tickets to go see them at the same time as everybody's watching them on TV. With that being said, I think TRL was that platform back in the days when things that were being premiered, they were being premiered on TRL exclusively. Well, okay, here's another element too that that's not going to be effective for this iteration of TRL. And that's back when TRL was a thing. You couldn't just go to YouTube and pull up your favorite music video. You had to wait for that music video to pop up on MTV. Yeah, but I think that the interesting thing is they're going to throw YouTube into the mix too. Because of all the streaming that you get online now, they're going to try to uh, combine both of those medias together. Yes, they're going to have this live television show on TV, mm-hmm. but they're also going to upload these clips onto YouTube too which I think is the best way to get best of both worlds. And the reason why I say that is because of all these TV shows that I've been talking about that, that is shown in Korea for these variety shows, they're being uploaded onto YouTube. And these videos get at least half a million views. I can do that. So if they're able to get that demographic and hit the not hit people literally <laughs> in the face. I mean, if needed. But I mean, to, you, if needed, I'm, you know, MTV. I'm not a marketing expert. You're not a marketing expert. We don't know. <laughs> but you can see, you know, it, the, the demographic online is a very, very big uh, network of people that, you know, can watch videos anytime. So with this, as long as TRL has good content with exclusive music and performances... I think people are going to love to watch it. But what are you going to be requesting? Uh, you're going to be requesting music and there's going to be social media. So you're going to see it's going to be a lot of inter- interaction. Mm, all right. I, I personally don't think there's a lot of hope for this thing. But well, I mean, I, I could be wrong. I don't know what the kids are in, into nowadays. Yeah, it, it, it's a weird century. Yeah. All right. Anything else with TRL? No, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, we're, we're just going to have to wait until October 2nd to see how crazy it's going to get. I think it's it's, it's a good idea. Well, There's so much you can do with it. Well, now. it's October. People aren't going out as much, so that's a good time to get a good captive TV audience. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to movie news. Deadpool 2. Oh, I love movies. Yeah. Oh, I love Deadpool. Well, if you love Deadpool, you can love Deadpool 2. Oh, my God. <laughs> so Deadpool 2, they, they released some teaser photos of Domino, who is going to be one of the new characters showing up in Deadpool. So is is she going to eat pizza or something? Uh, uh, or play play that game, either one. <laughs> uh, okay. So I've never really read Deadpool, but I guess Domino is one of those characters that has a rivalry with Deadpool, and then they end up being buddy-buddy. And I think they end up forming a group with Cable, who's being played by Josh Brolin. I think uh, Josh Brolin is a very good choice. I really thought that other guy, I forgot his name, he has a really cool name. Uh, the guy that was in Terranova. Wait, the, the dad or? 
It's a bad guy. Well, I don't know if he was bad or not. I never finished the show. Oh, uh, he might have been too old for, for cable. That's to play cable, not to play, be on cable TV. Stephen Lang. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when I first saw his name in the movie, I thought he was Asian, but... No, no, it's, no, no. He's white. No, I, I, and I, yeah, I, I thought the same thing, too. Like Lana Lang? She was, well, she was partly Asian, but her character wasn't. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if it's Asian influence. No, I, uh, probably, it, it's probably European or something. It just sounds like it. Yeah. Um. Oh, and I forgot to mention that Domino's going to be played by Zazzy Beats. Oh, Zazzy. Zazzy. I know Zazzy. I'm not too familiar with her. <laughs> She's got some good beats. Yeah, so it's being played by Zazzy Beats, and I guess she is more known for her role in the Atlanta TV show. Oh yeah, the ATL. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, so she's she's from like no, more well known from there. Um, she's made other appearances on it's been like miniseries. So I guess mm-hmm. like oh, I guess the TV series Easy, which I'm not familiar with either. Yeah, I think she's really good in uh, Atlanta, though, because that that show really brings out a lot of the comedy and seriousness, yeah, seriousness of good writing. Oh, shoot. It has Donald Glover in it? Damn. Yeah, he's the one that wrote uh, and, you know, produced the show. Oh, okay. It's really good. You got to watch All it. Right. It's an it amazing has, show. It has my attention now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Childish Gambino. Yes. And what was the other one? Um... Oh, what was that comedy troupe? Juke, juke boxing. No, you don't remember the YouTube videos that they used to do with his, with his friends. Oh, Derek Comedy. Derek Comedy. There we go. Mm-hmm. Bro rape. Oh God, <laughs> not even bro rape. Oh, bro rape was was bad, but uh, the self defense yeah. one. <laughs> I think that's your favorite. That's right? my favorite because that was during the time that I was uh, taking Krav Maga classes. <laughs> <laughs> what you took Krav Maga classes? Yeah, I took it for about like four months. That was really good. You were trying to defend yourself from what? No, it was more for exercise. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> I thought only girls take that class for self-defense. No, Dude, Krav Maga's is really military training, dude. Yeah, for girls. No, right? for everything. It's <laughs> <laughs> close combat, bro. Yeah, and that sounds uh, intimidating, I guess. Yeah, so, no, that's, that was during the time. So, in the video where he's like, yeah, so you're going you're gonna to grab, grab him by the wrist and once you have risk control, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, yeah, that's what they're teaching us, risk control, blah, blah, He's like, and then you're going to pull out your gun. And now you're, and now the mugger is restrained. You're safe. You survived your mugging. Real life situation number one. You're walking down an alleyway after work. You encounter a mugger, okay? He wants crack. So he's going to put his arm on my shoulder in a typical mugger stance, okay? Now the first thing you want to do, step one, get wrist control. So I grab his wrist. I peel it back, okay? Now I have wrist control, I can kind of, do you feel that? I'm kind of controlling where his body goes, okay? Step number two, pull out your gun. It's very important that you pull out your gun. Now that I have wrist control, I can kind of just move him around and take him where I want to go and evade being mugged. I have complete control. No crack for you today, my friend. You survived your mugging. Well, I just like, I'm like, damn it, damn that misdirection. They did a good job with it. So mainly, is it misdirection? type of uh thing for krav maga no for krav maga it's um similar to jujitsu where you're using your opponent's momentum against themselves yeah yeah yeah. but it's close combat yeah so the the way they would they would get us in our in our headspace is imagine you're fighting somebody in the space no bigger than an elevator Mm -hmm. and the reason that they developed this this martial art is because in israel there's a lot of old towns, old buildings, and people just set up, like, say, a marketplace in narrow alleys. So if something happens, like, some, you're getting attacked in a narrow space, you don't have space to back up and get yourself into a fighting stance mm-hmm. or to, like, try to, you know, throw your arm back to throw a punch or to try to do a kick. You are, like, close, like, within a foot of the other person. So you have to use their momentum against them. So you can't use guns or anything like that. You can't that country, I guess. Well, you can, but the thing is, again, you're in close combat. How are you gonna? If you pull out a gun, they can easily try to like whack it away from you or or aim it somewhere else. I don't know. I, I I'd rather you know get training as a spy. 
That's actually well, that's what, more cooler. That's what they teach you. And uh, oh, and actually, they teach you how to disarm somebody with a gun. Okay. A gun and knife. And actually, the what the Marines learn is a variation of Krav Maga. Okay, you're just trying to make it sound cool now. Um, it is cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, that was your favorite uh, uh, comedy sketch from Derek Comedy. I think my favorite with Don Glover would have to be Fuck Bellany. Oh. <laughs> I forgot. That's my favorite. <laughs> well, that's because you were taking film during that time, weren't you? Yeah, and it, it reminded me of the time when I was, you know, showing my films too, and it just, it was just so funny <laughs> because a lot of the kids would like have their own titles for each movie, yeah. and I remember that there was this one kid that wanted to do to be in every single movie, and it was kind of like this clip of Don Glover. Being in every single movie. I don't know if, if if our audience hasn't seen it yet. This is something that they should start with. I'll put the link in our show notes. I'll try. Yeah, I'll, and because of actually, you know yeah, what? I'll, I'll I'll put a link of just the punchline for the the fuck Bellany. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, anyways, these guys who made these clips, produce all these things. They went on to do big things like write for Thirty Rock. Uh, Parks Recreation, mm-hmm. uh, SNL, and you know, big big comedy movies too. So I, I props to them. Yeah, I know they they're they, they just a small group of friends, and they're just making mm-hmm. films for like they write, they wrote their own stuff, just did a quick film to put on YouTube, and they I mean they put the work in. They got they got good careers now. Uh, amazing stuff. Remember, these dude, guys. remember when we like got hyped just because they made their own, uh, their movie? own personal, yeah, their own, their own funded movie. Yeah, and uh, they got some pretty uh, cool people in there, like uh, Aubrey Plaza. Oh, that's right. I, I... Yeah, but that's the thing. Like that, it... we were excited about that, and now they're. I mean, Donald Glover's an actual like you know he was in Spider Man. Yeah, he was in The Martian, and the other guy is freaking writing like, alongside Tina Fey. So I think they, they, they made it. I think that was pretty much what they always wanted. But Donald Glover's, I think he pushed the boundaries Dude, he does of being talented. He does everything. Yeah, I, I, he's, he writes, he directs, he sings, he raps. Creative guy. Yeah, no, that guy, he, he has it in him. He's going somewhere, that guy. <laughs> that kid's doing stuff. <laughs> that, that, that kid's doing a lot of stuff. All right, that's on. Let's move on to some controversy in the movie world. Controversy? Yeah. Have you heard? Because it feels so empty without me. <laughs> so in the Justice League, we were talking about how they switched directors and now they are, they're reshooting some of the, some of the scenes. Mm, yes. However. $25 million. There's a problem with that. Henry Cavill, who plays Superman, is actually in the works of, of filming Mission Impossible. In Mission Impossible, he has a mustache. A, a stash, a very very sexy stash. Sure, okay, sexy stash, sex stash. Yeah, and it's a real stash. It is. He grew it himself. No, no fake. As part of his contract with, I forget which studio owns uh, Mission Impossible. He is not allowed to. Sh- bad robot. Not bad robot. Uh, he is not allowed. To- Paramount. I think it's, a, it's probably Universal. It's Paramount. It's Paramount. Okay. He no, actually no, no, no. Sorry, <laughs> I keep interrupting oh you. Oh my god! It's uh, it's Alibaba. Oh, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. They 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 fund a lot of the movie now. So. Oh, anyway, sorry. Right. <laughs> I don't believe you on that one. Uh, anyways, as part of his contract, he actually isn't allowed to shave it off. In the reshoots for Superman or for Justice League, they are debating if they should CGI keep no it. CGI it or let him keep it. And re and add the mustache to the scenes where he doesn't. Well, it it would make sense if he was out of the whole being Superman thing for a while and growing that mustache to hide his identity or something. Well, but I mean, I I think he flew away from planet Earth, right? No, he died. Anyways, <laughs> I, I I don't know why. Why don't they just put like some type of green screen? On his stash. That, and that's what I'm saying. They're, like a little baggy or that's something. That's what I'm saying. The the the, you know, the movie studio for Justice League, they're gonna they're gonna spend the money to CGI the the mustache off his face. Dude, do you know how much money it took to 
remove yep. the stupid gloves that um, I'm blanking out his name. For for what movie? Oh my god, the new James Bond guy. Oh, uh, Daniel Craig. Yeah, you know how much money they had to spend to take that glove off of Daniel Craig's hand? Wait, what glove? Okay, there was a scene in I think uh, one of the most recent 007 movie where he thought that you know in this scene he should be wearing gloves because it's a 007 thing to do mm-hmm. is to wear gloves and w- with a handgun. Okay. However, the handgun that he was using only works with his hands because uh, biometrics. in the movie. Yeah, biometrics only works with with his hand. Yeah. And how can you shoot the gun when you have gloves on? Oh, uh, so it was a, so they, it was a continuity they, thing. Yeah, I think the 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 scene was about like ten minutes long, so Damn. they had to crop out all of that. Damn. Yeah, they had to. When you watch it now, you you won't see the gloves, but there are pictures of him with the glove on uh, before the movie came out. So people were comparing it, and yeah, it's very interesting how that works. Well, and that's the thing. So, and I think it was actually a uh, nerdist that that dubbed this. Henry Cavill is joining the million million dollar shave club. Because <laughs> that's a cool club. Well, yeah, because it's literally going to cost about a million dollars to edit all that stuff out. Mm-hmm. No, but there's a there's a movement. There's like some people like fighting for him to keep it. Personally, I think they would be able to make an excuse for him to keep the mustache. Like, if Superman was, quote-unquote, dead, and he came back to life, not uh, borderline zombie Superman, he wouldn't have been able to shave in the grave. I really thought that they should have just kept this secret for the longest time and then just release it when the movie comes out. Because, uh, I don't know, like, well, just surprise people. Yeah. Well, another reason to, and honestly, I don't understand the marketing about this because now the marketing is showing Superman like nonstop in the in the ad. So I'm like, okay, so are you trying to surprise us? Or are you trying to put him in the front? Anyway, anyway, <laughs> so the oh, and it is confirmed that there's no Green Lantern. Oh, that sucks. Okay, that give up. I yeah. give up on this movie. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say, dang it, I forgot. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm I'm like losing my train of thought right now, and I lost it again. Seriously. Anton, I blame you. <laughs> what kind of train, though? What kind of train of thought? Uh, like a Japanese bullet train? No, well, maybe. Maybe that's why it left me so damn fast. Oh, a subway oh. train. No, I remember. Another reason the movie studio is trying to spend so much money on, like, with good CGI to remove it, is because they don't want the scenes to be identifiable as the ones that were filmed by one director and the ones filmed by the other director. Hmm. Okay. So that's another reason they they want to spend the extra money to keep that keep those lines blurred. Yeah, I I, I think um I think Joss Whedon would just take some green paint and then just paint his mustache. Just slather it on. Yeah, just slather. Are <laughs> ready shoot it, and like, it's like all over his face. Chroma green uh money shot. I think Henry Cavill's like all high off of that paint. God, you know he would look like he was snorting the paint or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> Say, so, uh, excuse me, guys. Uh, what's my line? All right. All right, Anton. <sighs> <laughs> I don't know if you're still impersonating or if you're actually getting high over there. Okay, now. Oh, that's super bad. Okay, now you sound like the guys from the comic syndicate. <laughs> <laughs> you just hear the, all you hear is the inhaling. Yeah. All right, Anton. Um, I have to move on to some uh, depressing news for me. A dark, dark news. Some dark news, yes. Um, you know, and our our listeners might not know that the Dark Tower was my last hope to win to to gain enough money to win our summer movie draft. Then on Wednesday, tragedy struck when I saw reviews coming out saying that it was um, well. Garbage. The Dark Tower was more of a giant tower of shit that was on fire. <laughs> uh, well put. <laughs> I was trying to think of play on words for that one. Yeah, I mean it was atrocious reviews I was seeing on when on Thursday from uh, critics. I think the highest I saw it was seventeen. 
<laughs> Holy crap. So it's as bad as the Emoji movie. Yeah, no, it was bad. Like, even, and I think Rotten Tomatoes even put a list of movies that are got a lower score than than The Dark Tower. Oh, wow. Um, but I have hope because uh, I checked before recording and the percentage for the critics went slightly higher. So it's at 19. Uh, mm-hmm. But the part that's me hope is that the user score is at 64. You know, what's interesting is Stephen King's already talking about a sequel, which I know the book already has sequels, but I don't know if they're even going to make a sequel because of all of the, the, the money that's lost on this one. It honestly depends on, like you said, the money. Yeah, but how can you save a franchise when the first one's already bad? Well, that's the thing. Like, you don't know how much money's going to make yet. It has, it's it has like bad reviews. It's like Uwe Boll making Blood Rain 1 and then making Blood Rain 2. Even though the first one bombed so bad, he took his own money to make the second one. He still did it. Yeah. No, but like it, it all depends on how much money this, this movie makes. It has bad critics review, but it has a high enough user score to make, to make some money. Yeah. The question... I, 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 had, I had high hopes for it, though. I mean, the, they, they the had... The trailer won me over, dude. I read the book. The trailer won me over. I was sold. I'm still going to watch it. I don't care about the reviews. Okay. I mean, it, it's uh, Idris Elba, man. He's killing with his heart. Idris Elbow. Elbow, yes. He ki- he kills with his soul. <laughs> with his cool clothes. And I mean, and the devil is the one and only Matthew McConaughey. With his Lincoln. With his Lincoln? Yeah, with his Lincoln. What the hell are you talking about? In my Lincoln? Oh my God, his commercials. <laughs> Sorry, I was totally, yeah. I was totally missing that. Con- I thought you meant like Abraham Lincoln. No. I was like, wasn't wasn't that Daniel Day Lewis? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, it's funny because they were talking about uh, all of his um, Lincoln commercials recently on one of the the interviews for Dark Tower. They're like, "Do they give you a Lincoln?" He's like, "Yeah." <laughs> That's oh, dude. Those his lines are so bad in those commercials, though. I think it, it's and it's just his delivery too that sells it. Sometimes you got to go back to actually move forward. And I don't mean going back to reminisce or chase ghosts. I mean going back to see where you came from. Where you been, how you got here. See where you're going. and say you can't go back. Yes, you can. Just have to live in the right place. If you actually, if you pay attention to what he's saying, it's such a dumb, like, line that he's saying. And like, just, and the it, situation is worse. I think there's one that he he pulls up to a to like a deer on the road or something like that, and he just stares at it and is almost like, "I respect you, live your life." <laughs> <laughs> like, what the hell is this? I okay, I definitely have to pull, like, find those commercials on YouTube and put it on our show notes because those are just so bad. Yeah, so so that's that's his endorsement is Lincoln, right? right? So I, I was I went shopping the other day for uh, I think jackets and I stopped by Superdry. Have you heard of this brand? I've heard of what Seal. <laughs> Superdry is a it's not a sponsor of this show actually. I'm just saying Superdry could be. We're opening to investments. Oh yeah, I know Superdry. If you guys are hearing, please Su- help Superdry, us. Superdry, we're like super sick. It's super sick. <laughs> Anyways, Super Dry is I, was like, I, was a, like, I don't even know what they sell. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Is a clothing company where they have a lot of really interesting fabrics. Uh, mainly kind of similar to what Uniqlo has. Okay. Are you familiar with Uniqlo? Yes, I love their uh, active wear. Yeah, so they, they have a lot of like um, warm clothes, especially because it's called Super Dry. And they have really thick jackets that you can use for, like, any type of weather. Okay. So while I was uh, shopping and stuff like that, I, I looked up. I see a big 
poster. And it says Idris Elba collection. Ooh. I'm like, whoa. Whoa, that's a nice jacket. And I found out that uh, one of the jackets in the movie. So I think that's a really, really cool endorsement is to have your own line of clothes. And his clothes looks amazing. Well, he's a British man. Yeah. He has class and style. However, this this brand is Japanese. Well, Schwarzenegger did did do Japanese commercials. Really bad one. Did you ever see? Did you ever see the George Lucas ones? The George Lucas ones. What do you mean? Star Wars. They did uh, commercials too. Wait, wait. In in Japan or the ones in the United States? Yeah, yeah. In Japan. No. Dude, they have so many. Japan has so many crazy commercials where it it, it looks like the Arnold Schwarzenegger one. Uh, I, I oh god. Yeah, some of them are like too over the top, and some of them just look like they're uh. A, a music video about to, about to start, but it never. The, but <laughs> the beat never drops. I think I think there's a Johnny Depp one too. I'm sure there's a Johnny Depp one. I think it was Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> that that does seem like something like the Japanese culture. <laughs> the Japanese wind. Yeah, yeah like they would exactly. embrace that. I was going to try to say this for next episode, but I guess I can just cover it really quick. I would say about two days ago, some news started dropping that NASA is looking for. Uh, so planetary protectors guardians of the galaxy well uh, some of the articles were, were trying to reference it as men in black protecting protecting the pla- uh protecting from they already had the men in black was it that they'd be protecting uh from alien atta- uh, alien not attack but alien infestation w- why are they saying this now when there there already is men in black well, it's not Men in Black. I'm saying that's how the articles are pitching it. And uh, it's funny because okay. a lot of the news out, like the morning news, they were talking about like, oh, you can enlist to be to be a protector of Earth, like Men in Black. Earth. Earth. And I was like, okay, this doesn't seem right. I've heard I've heard rumors that there's they want to start a, a military branch called the Space Corps, kind of like a, a, a kind of a troops that can be mobilized for to, to deal with like you know sp- like space related incidents, but. I was like, this is different. What is it? So I started probing around, actually looking at it. And it's not to protect Earth. You're not protecting Earth. You're not a man in black. It's to it's to protect like cross-contamination between Earth to Mars. Kind of touching on what we talked about previous episodes when I was saying that if we do find alien life on Mars, we're not going to hear about it until we're already colonizing. Mm-hmm. Same thing. They, they want to find people to be in charge of overseeing stuff that we're sending to mars and other planets to make sure that we're not accidentally contaminating those planets with our germs or our organisms that's all they're doing i think there was a theory that one of the meteorites hit mars and some of the the stuff that splashed like rocks and Mm -hmm. stuff splashed from mars and went to earth and because of all the organisms that were in the the pieces of debris from Mars it created life on Earth. Yes, because there used to be specimens in, on, on Mars. Yeah, is that correct? Yes, uh, that theory is called panspermia. Pan was spermia. What? Yeah, panspermia. Very much sounds like, but uh, planets impregnating other planets. Uh, yeah. No. So it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy with. Ego. Oh no, that's that's a different that's a different thing altogether. <laughs> um, yeah, that's called panspermia. Uh, it, it yeah, some references either say it, the stuff the material might have come from Mars or another planet outside of our solar system as one possible source of how life could have started on Earth. But again, that's important though because say the the sample did come from Mars of where we started. If we accidentally contaminate, it might be difficult to differentiate between the stuff that we accidentally contaminated with and the stuff that's actually there. Hmm. So I just thought, I'm like, oh my god, like that they got people's hopes up again. The news outlets are not reading the full the full details of the listing. Who reads anymore? I read. <laughs> I read. Good anyways, sir. anyways, I I think what NASA is trying to do is they're trying to get some funding back. You know, they're, they're trying to do some new things to spark the interest of having the government put more money into NASA. Well, I, I think NASA is trying to embrace becoming more of a regulatory agency 
than mm-hmm. than leading the charge. So now that you have SpaceX and so the SpaceX Blue Origins and there's a third one that I'm forgetting. I think it's the uh, the one with the feather. The feather. Yeah, the logo feather. I can't remember. But the point is like you have all these private companies starting to actually get into space and making space travel possible. So Elon Musk is talking about sending stuff to Mars and you know colonizing within the next what 10 years i think the last time we talked about it yep nasa would be the the agency that would be regulating overseeing to make sure things are properly handled and not just leaving it up to up to the individual companies to regulate themselves yeah because this could be such a big utopia once you know someone starts colonizing mars right because i mean what 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 country is the one that's going to be the one that says, hey, this is our land or this is our planet, you know? Yeah, that's part of it. And also, again, back to, you know, contaminating, making sure that we're we are colonizing the right way and not contaminating, not not bringing our old habits from Earth to Mars as we try to study it. Yeah. Well, why can't everybody just get along? Because that's, that's boring. <laughs> it's it's kind of like the, the game Spore that we played. True. All right, Anton. Yeah. I think the, that covers everything. If people want to get along with us, how can they support us? They can go on to www.the2oc.com and they can buy us a beer by clicking on the buy us a beer button or go to our shop and buy some stickers or t-shirts and hopefully some more swag that comes out in the future. And also some of the stuff on our show notes that link to Amazon page where you can buy some of the coolest stuff that we talk about on our show, like uh, the next uh, or, or one of the old seasons of Laguna Beach Ooh, or, the, or, the hills. Uh, or the hills. I think the hills was a lot better than Laguna Beach show. But anyways, I think that's the show that Cutler from Chicago Bears, with his wife is from. Mm-hmm. Oh, my turn. And, yep, <laughs> turn. I was like, well, come on, Anton. And if you want to reach out to us, let us know what's on your mind or how, you know, give us a little feedback. You can follow us at the 2OC on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, we're constantly posting up there what we're, you know, what we talked about, what we're going to talk about, and just some funny memes every now and then. And if you want to just reach out to us the old fashioned way, you can send that email to mail at the 2OC.com. All right, Anton, anything else? I don't think that's old fashioned enough. But, anyways, no, that's it. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. For the 2OC, I'm Alan Flores. And I'm Anton Duong. Have a good night. Wait, it could be morning. Daytime. Later. Uh, good, good day, sir. <laughs>